You've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition. Hello and welcome to this edition of Supply Side Stories. I'm Fran Schoenwetter, Director of Content Marketing at Informa Markets, and joining us today is Dr. Karen Hecht. She is the Scientific Affairs Manager at Asta Riel. Uh, Karen has worked as a, a postdoctoral associate in algal molecular biology at the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. She holds a degree in biochemistry and a PhD in biology. Dr. Hecht does speak widely on the subject of natural astaxanthin as an ingredient for endurance, as well as for personal care internally and topically for skin care. I also just want to uh, thank Astoriel uh, in cooperation with Natural Products Insider for supporting this for supporting this podcast today. And with that, I think we'll just get started. And uh, welcome, Karen. Hi, friend. Thank you very much for having me on uh, the podcast. Pleasure yeah, to be here. Yeah, so glad to have you. Um, I wanted to um, just get started and just just anecdotally tell you that astaxanthin for skincare um, is actually a favorite ingredient of mine. If, you, if, if anybody can have an, a favorite ingredient. Uh, anecdotally, I happen to use a topical serum daily on my facial skin. Oh. And uh, astaxanthin is a primary ingredient in that. So, you know, it's a premium product. But I don't think I, I, I it's one of those it's one of those practices for my own ritual and health that I don't want to do without. Um, I find it uh, not only soothing, but also protective for my skin. So that was a little anecdote um, <laughs> with my enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I think we have a lot to, to talk about then today because there's certainly a lot of reasons to like it for skincare. So hopefully uh, some of those will resonate with why you decided to choose it too. Yeah, I I really am looking forward to learning a little bit more about um, the action. Uh, I mean, I certainly have uh, some understanding internally, but also at, um, topically. So can you talk to us a little bit, get us started uh, uh, talking about just the unique antioxidant action of astaxanthin and, and why it's so beneficial for skin? Absolutely. So uh, Asteril astaxanthin is a natural plant-based nutrient. It's made by algae and it acts on all skin layers to reduce the visible signs of aging. And it does that by supporting skin hydration, elasticity, and smoothness. So what is unique about astaxanthin, as you alluded, um, it's a powerful antioxidant. It's 6,000 times stronger than vitamin C in terms of antioxidant capacity. And while some antioxidants like vitamin C, um, they can't reach cell membranes, astaxanthin is actually a lipid or fat-soluble nutrient, and it has a unique structure that really is a perfect match for your skin cells' membranes. So astaxanthin is able to protect what other water-soluble antioxidants can't. And uh, natural astaxanthin can be used topically, or it can be taken uh, orally as a soft gel or in another form to help maintain healthy skin. And natural astaxanthin basically helps skin lock in moisture 
Uh, it makes skin more resilient to environmental factors. It promotes the longevity of existing dermal structures like collagen, and it supports the skin's ability to re replenish important components that contribute to that hydrated, smooth, elastic, and younger looking skin. Well, I don't know whether I, I should be um, glad or sad that we didn't do a video podcast. Um, this <laughs> so um, skin, our skin is not is not available to look at, but I, I do really feel like um, uh, using astaxanthin internally and externally does affect the quality of my skin. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that lipophilic action that you were talking about, the fat solubility and 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 how that functions on a, on a topical level for astaxanthin? So the cell membrane is the part of your cell that keeps the cell shape and is the gatekeeper for what goes in and out. It's made of lipids and it's got two layers of lipids that form this shape similar to an Oreo cookie. So the cookie parts are a little bit more water loving and then the cream in the center is the lipid loving portion. So what you have with astaxanthin is a structure that matches that architecture and spans the whole thickness of the cookie and the ends of the astaxanthin molecule are a little bit more water loving. They've got some oxygens on those ends and then the very center is uh, an aliphatic or carbon linked chain with lots of conjugated electrons that are in charge of helping that antioxidant activity. And that is the fat loving part that fits right in the cream center of that Oreo cookie, which we're using as an analogy for the structure of your cell membrane. So that's why we find astaxanthin in these membranes because it fits that architecture and that chemistry of the membrane best. I love that analogy, our cells as Oreo cookies. I'll, I'll never quite think of my my skin quite the same way. <laughs> um, let's, um, can you provide for us a little more intelligence about um, the dosages that have been used in clinical studies and, and what you would advise for different types of, of formulator formulations? Yes. Yeah, so so when it's ingested, natural astaxanthin has been detected both in the dermis and the epidermis, so both in the deeper layer of skin and closer to the top layer of skin. And that was done in preclinical studies. So this is part of what we know allows astralastaxanthin to exert its beauty from within effects in human clinical studies. And so uh, although I will say most clinical endpoints have been measured on facial skin. Improvements in skin hydration and response to UV have also been measured uh, elsewhere on the body and skin. And so that means that uh, when, when it's ingested, astereal astaxanthin is distributed to all the skin layers and all areas of the body. So there's a couple of differences in terms of dosages when we talk about an ingested form versus a topical form. Um, I just want to break those down because I think it's important to understand the differences. So when taken orally, astral astaxanthin can provide additional whole body benefits for eye, muscle, brain, immune, 
and cardiovascular health, just because, you know, it's going all, to all of the skin, but also everywhere else in the body. So that's important to keep in mind. And then a topical application really allows focus on specific areas of the skin that may need more attention, such as the delicate skin around the eyes. And this type of application also focuses on support for the stratum corneum, which is the topmost layer of skin. And that's the layer of skin that helps to maintain the skin's barrier function and reduces water loss through evaporation. So you could do either, you know, ingested only or topical only, or we actually do have some studies that combine ingested and topical deliveries. Uh, which allows both that general whole body delivery of benefits together with an extra support using topical application to, for specific sites. So this gives, I think, the consumer more options to tailor their astaxanthin regimen uh, to their specific needs, but it also gives you know, the formulator a little bit more flexibility of how they can use astaxanthin in terms of dosage and which ingredients to combine in and what kind of deliveries, uh, you know, they want to choose or prefer. So with that kind of understanding of can we do ingested or topical or can we combine both, uh, in terms of dosages, the ingestible dosage for astrolastoxanthin based on clinical studies range from 2 to 12 milligrams a day. Um, and those have been tested in human clinical studies. And the dose of two milligrams a day supports skin hydration. And then at three milligrams a day, there's a, one study that delivered astereolastoxanthin in a drink formulation. And that study adds elasticity and smoothness claims. But what you'll find, Fran, is actually that most of the studies uh, used six milligrams a day. And at six milligrams a day, those clinical studies showed evidence of astroelastoxanthin supporting skin hydration, elasticity, smoothness, but also reducing the size of age spots and supporting corneocyte structure at that topmost layer of skin. And there's one really interesting study that was done both at six and 12 milligrams over the course of 16 weeks, looking at the effect of seasonal changes, uh, changes in, you know, from, from summer to winter, so changes in UV exposure, changes in humidity uh, over the course of those 16 weeks and looking at how astaxanthin helped to maintain skin condition, which it did at six milligrams a day, but then also at 12 milligrams a day, the study showed reduced inflammation marker at the skin surface. So the, that marker was interleukin alpha. And the reason this is really relevant is because um, it's important for supporting the skin's barrier function and also the collagen network if you can keep that healthy inflammation response balanced because uh, when there's excess inflammation, this actually triggers expression of collagen degrading enzymes. So that's something that we do touch base on uh, quite often is the way that astaxanthin helps to support uh, the collagen network that's responsible for smoothness in our skin. Well, uh, from a comment you just made, I can see another podcast in our future related to inflammation, which is, of course, another top of mind topic, and uh, Xanthin's ability to, uh, to help the body uh, manage excessive inflammation. It also sounds like from the dosing uh, data that you have that it would be hard to consume 
too much um, and beneficial uh, beneficial at at least the minimal dosing of three milligrams daily. Um, the NDIN for is that grams or that's milligrams? It's, it's milligrams. Yeah. So the the NDIN is twelve milligrams, uh, but we have over forty safety studies with the highest dose tested being 45 milligrams a day. So it's certainly been shown to be safe at doses much higher than 12 milligrams, but that's sort of for formulation of a commercial product. That would be the maximum dose in the US. Great, that's really helpful to have that clarity. Um, you were talking about other ingredients that are emerging in the beauty and skincare market. Um, certainly collagen is top of mind. Um, I know I've read quite a bit about sea buckthorn. Um, can you um, can you talk to us about um, added benefits when combining, let's focus on collagen specifically again, because it's, it's such a hot uh, skincare ingredient uh, in the marketplace uh, when combining that with astaxanthin? Right. That, that is something that we've been seeing a lot of response to in the market uh, now because collagen really is such a ubiquitous ingredient. I think the consumer is very aware how important it is. Uh, you know, the, the fact that it, it makes up maybe 80 to 85 percent of the protein in our skin when it comes to type 1 collagen. Uh, and so I think it's starting to become important to differentiate your collagen product maybe provide some added benefits. And I think astaxanthin is one really uh, nice way to do that, to accomplish that differentiation. And where we see that is uh, in the clinical endpoints really show improvement in skin smoothness and texture. But to understand why, uh, the mechanism for that, I think we really have to refer to to in vitro studies that I think are really interesting that were done on human skin cell fibroblasts, basically in, in a dish that were exposed to free radicals. And um, those skin cells don't survive free radical exposure in vitro. Uh, but when they were pre-incubated with astaxanthin, because it's able to incorporate into those cell membranes and quench free radicals, it was able to really remarkably improve um, that survival uh, to free radical exposure. So what what the other study looked at then was how does this effect of astaxanthin uh, on skin cell fibroblasts affect collagen production? Well, of course, surviving cells can continue to produce collagen. So while human skin cell fibroblasts exposed to free radicals uh, don't survive the exposure. They produce zero collagen. Basically, all collagen production was obliterated in this in vitro study. But uh, pre-treating the cells with astaxanthin actually helped to preserve 80% of the cell's collagen production capacity. So this, again, is because astaxanthin can actually protect the fibroblasts from free radical damage and preserve the ability of these fibroblasts to regenerate collagen. And the clinical studies support this mechanism of action because we see those endpoints relating to skin texture, uh, reduced um, fine lines, smoother skin, also improvements in uh, the reducing the width and depth of wrinkles in the skin. So I think that collagen, astaxanthin make a really powerful combination. Something else that we're just starting to see is, of course, we talked on the last podcast we did about vitamin C 
and what a nice combination vitamin C and astaxanthin make because you have your water-soluble and your fat-soluble antioxidants helping to protect the entire cell, not just part of the cell. And we know that vitamin C, in addition to being a, a wonderful antioxidant, actually is also helping to boost collagen production. But again, it's water-soluble. So in this particular in vitro study, it wasn't able to help those skin cell fibroblasts survive free radical exposure, and it wasn't able to preserve collagen production. But once we pretreated those cells with both vitamin C and astaxanthin, astaxanthin was able to help the cells survive and retain their collagen production. And then vitamin C acted on surviving cells to boost collagen production to levels just, just a little bit higher, almost the same as the cells that were never exposed to free radicals to begin with. So really, I think a nice illustration of how a fat-soluble and the water-soluble antioxidant can make real functional differences um, to cell function, and in this case, to collagen production for skin health. Well, that points us to, to the future uh, and some of the potential opportunities uh, for using astaxanthin and skincare. Um, there opportunities that you see, um, how are you seeing um, Astoreal, astaxanthin folding into future skincare product launches? And, and perhaps what are some of the trends or additional trends that you can identify? Yes, um, I would say one of the major trends in general that we're seeing in the supplement industry is the rise of the gummy, right? Mm -hmm. So I've seen gummies making big gains in the supplement market, uh, just because I guess they're so easy to consume, being often very delicious. Mm -hmm. And especially among younger supplement consumers, uh, I think gummies are enjoying significant growth. Uh, and Actually, Astoreal has partnered with a really excellent gummy manufacturer to deliver four milligram Astoreal astaxanthin gummies that are on the market today and also on the market uh, recently, not just as astaxanthin alone formulation in a gummy, but also combined with collagen and vitamin C. So we're starting to see um, the kind of trend that I just spoke of being translated from you know, a study, a published study in the science is becoming something physical on a shelf. I, I think that we're going to see probably more of that in the future, uh, astaxanthin gummies and combined with uh, perhaps other beneficial skincare ingredients. Um, I've also seen astaxanthin combined with collagen in topical applications. So really, not limited to ingested formulations. And I want to mention, I, I forgot to mention before, Fran, but there is actually a study published that combined uh, supplementation of two milligrams a day natural astaxanthin and three grams of marine collagen that showed improved elasticity and reduced transepidermal water loss after 12 weeks of supplementation and also showed uh, increased collagen mRNA expression and decreased collagen degrading enzyme expression. So uh, definitely some science to support the formulations that we're starting to see emerge uh, on the market. And then the other area that I think we're going to see some growth is in probiotics. 
So I think skin health products focus mainly on the building blocks of skin like collagen and hyaluronic acid and ceramides, uh, all really excellent. And I think there's a really good story of astaxanthin with hyaluronic acid too. Uh, but, you know, these ingredients, they've, they've really been embraced by consumers looking for ways to protect and stimulate production of, I mean, I would say the foundational skin molecules. But what we're seeing is this emerging science that's revealed probiotic strains can also support skin health uh, when they're ingest, ingested daily. And usually we hear about probiotics being talked about for gut health. But I think uh, what some market research has shown is that gut health really skews interest more towards a, an older target audience, whereas the skincare aspect and the immune health aspect um, targets potentially a younger target consumer. So they're, they're picking up on this probiotic supplement approach to skincare, which aims really to defend and strengthen the skin and as we learn more about the microbiome, we recognize that the skin's barrier properties, aging process, and immune response can all be influenced by probiotic supplements. And that the gut microbiome actually communicates with the skin through signaling pathways involved in skin homeostasis. And that's what forms this functional link that's called the gut-skin access. So Asteril astaxanthin is actually now being combined with probiotic ingredients as part of this innovative new approach in skin health and the skin health supplement market. Uh, and we, if we look right now at probiotic supplements, you'll see that it's, it's not such an unusual combination. There's often a combination of probiotics being combined with antioxidants. And I think it's just sort of a natural next step to combine astaxanthin, which already has all these established skin health, uh, skin care benefits with this emerging uh, positioning for probiotics in skin health supplements. Wow, thank you, Karen. Um, it's really astounding to hear uh, about all of the different applications for astaxanthin and astereal astaxanthin from a holistic point of view. I, I've done quite a bit of content about astaxanthin at sourcing and as an ingredient and its its actions, but really to, to think outside the box and mm -hmm. outside the bottle, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> and how it can really support our, our total well-being. And that's reflected in our skin. It's not just micro-targeted. It's really astounding. I, I, I appreciate all of this information. And I hope um, and I hope you've had a good time talking to our audience because I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us to a close here. So thank you, Karen. Thank you, friend. You're on fire with the idioms today. I love everything you've come up with. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. And I also want to thank Estereal again for supporting this content and finally thank our audience for tuning in to listen and learn today. We hope you all continue to tune in for further episodes of Supply Side Stories and we enjoy supporting your innovation and product development needs. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Supply Side Stories podcast. We are continually looking to improve your podcast experience and want to hear from you, the industry listener. Please take a moment to take our quick survey and provide your feedback at naturalproductsinsider.com slash podcast survey.